Welcome to the GBC Sermon Podcast, a weekly podcast from Gamia Baptist Church in Sydney, Australia. I'm Mark Rader, Senior Pastor here at GBC, and I'm excited about what God will do in your life as you listen today. This week we continue our series, Songs of the People, in which we are exploring the invitation, encouragement, and challenge of the Psalms. The Psalms we'll be looking at are determined by the lectionary, the three-year cycle of readings that many churches around the world follow. This week, our associate pastor, Mark Coleman, shares some reflections on Psalm 114. This psalm considers the Exodus, that definitive act of salvation in the Old Testament, but with a specific focus on God's power and the invitation to God's people. Today's Bible reading is from Psalm 114. When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob, from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, sea, that you fled? Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why, mountains, did you leap like rams, you hills like lambs? Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Many of the Psalms are written to help people remember, and Psalm 114 is no different. This Psalm is written to help God's people remember the incredible power of God. But more than just remember, this Psalm is written to invite God's people to act, to recognize that the extraordinary power of God is invested in us, and we've got a job to do. The wind can be an extraordinarily powerful force, but the impact of the wind is entirely dependent upon the context in which it's found. We only observe its power by seeing the effect it has on the world around it. Now, cyclones can contain winds of up to 500 kilometers per hour. But when a cyclone forms over water, we may never even see its effect. Perhaps it raises the tide, or we hear about it on the news and see a satellite image of it. But when a cyclone forms and then goes over land and maybe comes over a city like Sydney, then the impact of 500 kilometer per hour winds would very much be seen. The power of its effects seen across a city. Power is observed in its context. And power can be ineffective if it's not applied correctly. The car tire manufacturer Pirelli has a slogan that says power is nothing without control. And they're right. Even the most extraordinarily powerful cars are unable to translate that power into speed without tires that effectively grip the road. Power that isn't applied is wasted. And knowledge can also be powerful. If humans have extensive knowledge about the development of things like vaccines, if they have done all the research and testing, there's a great degree of latent power that is held in that. that. But if they never go through with producing a vaccine, putting that knowledge into action, then that power is wasted. And people's lives will be lost because humans failed to act. 
They failed to use the power that is at their disposal. And the reality for followers of Jesus, for followers of God, is that an extraordinary power, the power of God, has been freely given and entrusted to those who would call God their Lord. A power so far beyond our understanding that it parted oceans and made mountains shake and even brought forth water from a rock and even created all of those things in the first place. That power is at work within us to help us do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And yet so often we live in fear Questioning whether we've got the skills or ability, resources, focus, or even the knowledge to carry out God's plans in our world. But we do. We have everything that we need. And we have a job to do. Action to take. And that is what Psalm 114 is all about. Many of the psalms or songs of the people were written to be used in the context of public worship. And worship at its heart is about understanding our position in relation to God, recognizing his love and his kindness, his protection, but also his power and his provision. And Psalm 114 invites a congregation to understand God's power by remembering how it was displayed in history. Specifically, the period of history that it's referring to is the exodus of God's people out of oppression in Egypt. And this psalm very cleverly makes reference to events that surrounded the time of exodus. To help remind the psalm's first-time listeners of the events that they would have been very familiar with. In verse 3, we see that the sea is described as looking and seeing. That's a reference to the parting of the Red Sea as God's people escaped the Egyptian armies. The mountains leaping in verse 4. That's a reference to the trembling of Mount Sinai as God's presence fell on the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments from God. And the spring of water that's referenced in verse 8 would have reminded the listeners of a time where God called Moses to strike the rock at Horeb in Exodus 17 so that the people would have water to drink. And the whole of this psalm shares very similar language to the language of Moses and Miriam's song in Exodus 15. The imagery that's described here has powerful significance for the people. And it's a powerful reminder of the power of God. And stories are a really powerful tool. But stories of shared memories where God has done extraordinary things have a particular power to encourage and to remind others of God's faithfulness. That's why we take time at GBC to share my story moments. But this psalm also has something else to do. This psalm's powerful tools of recollection ultimately invite God's people into action. In verse 2, 
The psalmist reminds all of God's people, Judah and Israel, that they became the sanctuary and dominion of God. And sanctuary and dominion are really important words. The Hebrew word for sanctuary here, which I am not going to pretend I can pronounce, means holy thing. God's people became God's holy thing, which means they became the place within which God's holiness rested. A part of God's presence was entrusted to the people of God, placed within them, almost like a spark, a tiny spark taken from the vast fires of the sun and dropped into their bodies, that these people would become a burning reflection of God's image, God's presence within the world. And that is an extraordinary reality. But the word that's translated here as dominion has a slightly different focus. Theologian John Goldingay describes this as a political term. God's people are commissioned by God to become those who enact God's rule and reign in the world, through whom God's kingdom comes here on earth through who God's power and presence is revealed in the world. And those people are invited to act to bring about God's plans and purposes. And we have an advantage over the original listeners, the original congregation for whom this psalm inspired Having seen the work and life of Jesus as we read that in the context of the Gospels, we're reminded that this is not about power over, that dominion is not about oppression, but the kind of power that God's people were invited into was a subversive power. God chose, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. And he invites us to stand against injustice, to give voice to the voiceless, to heal the sick and to make disciples of Jesus. This psalm is an invitation for us to remember the extraordinary power of God demonstrated throughout history, even when it seems like the power of God is less visible right now. And to recognize that this power has been entrusted to the people of God, to you and I. But more than just remembrance or recognition, this psalm invites us to act. To be those who exercise the power of God at work in us. To carry out God's plans and purposes in the world. And to recognize that we are fully equipped to do so. When we say yes to Jesus... His pneuma, the Greek word for spirit or wind, is the power given to us to be used in the context of this world, to bring about God's rule and reign in circumstances when that seems far from the truth, to be those who bring his kingdom come here on earth. It's a wild and extravagant adventure that we are invited into, but one that we are fully equipped to do that we are empowered by the presence and power of God to do. 
So maybe you find yourself asking, how do I put that into practice? How do I engage with this psalm? How do I hear God's invitation within it? Well, there's two things I'd love to suggest. I firstly believe that God is inviting us to experience this psalm again. And by that, I mean to let it shape us in the way that it would have shaped the first listeners to it. The theologian that I mentioned before, John Goldingay, writes this about the end of this psalm. Long ago, the experience of the Exodus generated a liturgy. Conversely, in praying, or indeed singing, of such a psalm in worship, the liturgy makes that experience available. And what I, what I believe that John means by this is that the act of remembering that this psalm invites is not just something for our minds to do. It's something for our bodies to experience and to go on re-experiencing. This is essentially what we are doing when we share communion together. We are re-experiencing the physical and spiritual feeding that the disciples experienced when Jesus served them the Last Supper. But the experience that we are invited to re-embody here is that we, God's people, are the place of sanctuary and dominion for God. We are the place that God dwells and delights as Mark spoke about last week, the people that God has chosen to empower, to see his kingdom come on this earth. And as we read and remember this God who carried out these extraordinary acts in history, we are invited to experience that same power at work within us, the power to do all that God is inviting us to do. So may I encourage you this week to find a place, possibly out in the wilds of nature, to engage in a sort of embodied reading of this psalm, where you read this psalm and you invite God by his Holy Spirit to help you experience God's presence and to feel the power of God who made mountains tremble again in your body that your body would remember and experience the power of God at work within you. And then just pay attention to what God does. And perhaps nothing extraordinary happens, and that's okay. This is something for us to learn and, and to journey in and to experience. But you may experience something extraordinary potentially even life-transforming. Secondly, and I've been speaking about this from the beginning of this message, I believe that this psalm is inviting us to act. We are great at knowledge in this part of the world. We love it, but we can often get stuck there, stuck in our minds and fail to act. There are people 
out there in our world, in our lives, in our streets, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, that God is inviting us to reveal his kingdom to. And this is much more than just telling people the gospel, although I'm absolutely convinced that that is a part of this. But it's acting in all the ways that I believe Jesus is inviting us to act. And if we don't act, who will? I'm not overstating it by saying that there are lives on the line. Will we act? Will we take steps this week to take on board all the many ways that God is inviting us throughout the Bible to join in with his plans and his purposes? There have been times in my life, and I'm sad to say that some of these I am having to distantly remember. This is a message for me as well. But times when I have taken a moment and I have prayed and asked God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to look out for? What do you want me to do? And I have gone. And I've ended up praying in random locations about things that I've seen in the streets around me, praying against brothels and prostitution, praying for prostitutes, talking with random people on public transport about who God is and what he means to me, or people at parties about strange parts of the Old Testament that for some reason they were reading praying against the work of the enemy. And the truth is, these are times in my life when I have never felt more alive, when I don't just remember or listen or learn, and not that they aren't important things, but they're the times when I've acted, often out of my comfort zone, in the power of God to carry out what I believe are his plans and purposes for me in that particular moment. So what actions could you step into this week? How is God inviting you to act? In his power and equipped by him. Will you take a moment this week to ask him where he wants you to pray? And then go and pray there for a specific situation. Will you ask him who he wants you to pray for? And then go and pray for that person. Or at least call them and pray over the phone. Will you ask him who he wants you to go and give your weekly luxury allowance to? Will you ask him who he wants you to invite over to your home for a COVID-safe dinner? Will you ask him which member of local or national government he wants you to write to, to send a word of encouragement to? Will you ask him which spiritual gift he is inviting you to receive and use this week? I continue to pray that God would give me the gift of prophecy as I seek to spend time discerning the direction that God is inviting us into as a church. As I have mentioned before from this platform, I want to say to us all, come on. Be reminded of the power of God that is at work in you this week, at work in you today, in this moment. Because we are the place of God's sanctuary and dominion. 
invited to remember Him, invited to remember God and His power, and invited to act. The Lord's empowerment of His people must be more than knowledge, but must be applied in our lives. And this week, take up the opportunity not only to reflect on God's power in your life, but to consider what that power invites you to attempt as part of God's work in the world. We hope you join us again soon and would love for you to be with us at church at gbconline.org.au at our regular service times of 8.30, 10.30 and 6pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can also follow us on Facebook or visit our website at gamiabaptist.org.au. Until next time, God bless. God bless.